great song. 970 WDAY. You are listening to the Rob Report. This is not Rob Port. This is Tony Gehrig filling the seat in today. Very excited to be here again in my second home here on 970. You'll get an hour and 15 minutes with me today, and then tomorrow I'll be hosting the Jay Thomas Show uh, from around 2 to 5, probably even more like 3 to 5, but make sure you tune into that show as well. Uh, I'm pretty excited about, to, about the show today. Um, we have, uh, if we have time, Natia, we're going to talk about uh, the celebrity deaths that we were kind of talking about earlier. Yeah. And it's kind of some of the more surprising deaths uh, out there. Um, for, for me, like I said, you know, half hour ago, uh, Anthony uh, Scalia was surprising to me. Uh, but there are plenty of them out there that no one expected. Prince, for example. Uh, so if we have time and if callers want to talk about some of those and what their opinions are on, on, on some of those, by all means, call in. Uh, we hope you do at 293 and email at talk at WDAY.com. Uh, but uh, as far as guests on the show today, uh, there's a, a, a women's group out there, a char- charitable group uh, called Power of 100. They do a lot of good things for our community here. Uh, they also do a lot of networking. And we have a lovely and talented young lawyer here in the city of Fargo coming in to tell us about it. I actually until I have a, a bit of a crush on her. She is uh, Rachel Gehrig. Uh, you may have heard of her. That's my yes. wife. Yeah, that's my you wife. <laughs> we'll be coming in to talk about uh, Power of 100 and what their group does for Fargo. She also has a friend coming with her as well. Uh, Terry Ludlam is going to come on. And, and if you don't know Terry, you should. He's the director of Solid Waste here in the city of Fargo. And uh, really some fantastic things going on in solid waste. And I know that a lot of people's eyes glaze over when you say things like public works and solid waste and uh, the water plant. But, folks, this is great. We're going to be talking about recycling here in the city of Fargo and uh, how that's going to work, uh, how we're going to implement it, and uh, what it means for you as a, as a taxpayer in the city of Fargo. Uh, and uh, we'll talk to him about uh, all those things. And if you have questions, again, call in and ask him about those questions. Uh, but I'm really uh, pleased to have my first guest here today, uh, who is a longtime senator for the state of North Dakota. Uh, he's a Democrat, uh, and uh, he's been in, in, in there since 1986. Uh, Tim Mathern, thank you for being here, sir. Thank you, Commissioner. Thanks for having me. And pull that mic right up close to your face, sir, and so everyone can hear you go. All right. Thank you, Commissioner, and I'm glad to be here. Awesome. All right, and, and by all means, call me Tony, and and, uh, we'll go, and I'll call you Tim, and we'll... Sure. There we go. All right. Uh, I, I was kind of joking with you a little bit before the show here. Um, you have a Wikipedia page. It seems like everyone has a Wikipedia page but me, So, uh, <laughs> and you deserve it. You've been around for a very long time, but I'm going to read uh, some of this stuff to the people of Fargo, and you can correct me where the Wikipedia page is wrong. Uh, it says that uh, you ran for governor in 2008. Uh, you're from Edgley, North Dakota. You have 12 brothers and sisters. Yes. 12 brothers. You must, you must have been a farmer. Yeah. Um, you went to Edgley. Uh, you also went to NDSU. Yeah, you got your master's degree from University of Nebraska. And you got another master's degree from Harvard University in Cambridge. Yes. Oh, well, very good. We're, we're, we're correct so far. So a uh, long and distinguished career, a uh, lot of education. Uh, so thank you again for being here. And uh, I'd like to start off with something that, that's been kind of talked about uh, in our community here recently, which is speed limits. Okay? Uh-huh. We all know that, you know, if I'm going 85 uh, on interstate right now, the ticket is what, $10, $20, whatever it is. Uh, so people kind of go as fast as they want as it is. So some people have kicked around the idea of, well, people want to go faster. Let's let them go faster. Let's just bump that thing up to 80 miles an hour. What do you think about that? Well, I uh, read that this morning and I came to the conclusion that Lonnie Lafine, the senator from Grand Forks, must have a heavy foot. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Senator Lafine and I uh, serve in the Senate together. Uh, I believe uh, 
increasing the speed limit is essentially uh, leading to more deaths and uh, more fuel inefficiency. I think our speed limit is plenty high the way it is. Uh, I think it'll be a, a fun discussion, but uh, I don't think it's the way to go. It's been interesting driving on the roads here the last few days. Absolutely. Uh, I would hate to see people driving faster than they are right now. And uh, so I don't think it's a good idea. It's, uh, it's not safe and it's not very fuel efficient. Sure. And uh, if you want to be part of the show, talk with Senator Tim Mathern, uh, 293-9000, 888-970-9329, talk at WDAY.com. Uh, Tony Garrick filling in for Rob Hort on the Rob Report here. Um, you know, my wife went to school up at UND for, for, for law school, and she obviously tra- uh, drove back and forth every single day. Sure. And when she was in a hurry, she'd be going 80, and when she was not in a hurry, she'd be slowing down. And we one day broke down the cost savings of going, you know, five or 10 miles an hour slower. And what that actually meant in time, you know, a couple minutes here and there versus the fuel. And I think I made her a little mad when I showed, sure. <laughs> when I showed her what that fuel saving was. So <laughs> I actually agree with you. I think 75 sure. is plenty. And yeah. let, let's face it, folks, if, if you want to go 80, you can go 80 already. Not that you're not that I'm saying you should, uh, but uh, five over generally won't make you get pulled over in the state of North Dakota because that ticket uh, is about, uh, I think, $20 or so. Sure. But anyway... Maybe we talk about more important issues now. Uh, you being a senator for a long time, you know how the game is played. Uh, what are the big issues uh, for the state of North Dakota on this particular legislative session? You know, I think uh, this particular legislative session, um, most legislators are, are trying to figure out what the new governor is going to be like. Mm-hmm. Doug Burgum, uh, he ran a, a campaign uh, of, uh, you know, downsizing government and change. And so what is that actually going to be? I think 99% of the legislators are still waiting to find out what that means. And uh, I think that'll be the top issue. I think, of course, we have other issues that are um, very important, behavioral health care, water policy, and uh, uh, how we're going to deal with uh, balancing the budget in light of our uh, uh, depressed uh, energy prices. So those will be some of the top things. Frankly, none of them are new. Uh, None of them have a magic uh, bullet. And uh, we'll grind through this and uh, make some decisions. Uh, At the end of this, we'll have a balanced budget, just like we always do. The implication during the governor's campaign was that we some way didn't have a balanced budget, which is not true. We have a balanced budget. We always do. It's part of our constitution. And we don't leave town without that being in place. Very good. Yeah, yeah. I think you're, I think you're right on, on some of the big issues there. Uh, behavioral health care strikes home to me personally uh, because of my nephew, Chevelle, who has autism. And I know, that, I know that you've personally spoken with my sister about that issue, uh, Samantha, who is Chevelle's uh, mother. Um, so th- an issue like that, though not in the newspapers, not a sexy issue that a lot of people are talking about, certainly is important to many, many families here in Fargo and around the state of North Dakota, but in many cases are silent uh, because they don't know what to do about that issue. So I hope people look into that issue in particular uh, and, uh, and, and find out ways that the state of North Dakota can help out there. Uh, it, is a, it is a big issue for me. Um, you know, it's interesting. Uh, you, you note your family member, uh, basically every family. Absolutely is dealing some way with a behavioral health care issue. And I think 
thankfully, what's been happening is more and more folks are being public about mm-hmm. it. And, uh, and then added to that, we've had this tragedy of substance use mm-hmm. issues, which is actually in the background a behavioral health issue also. And I'm hoping that, uh, that with the change in people's orientation and, and with the dramatic need being expressed, uh, that we can be a much more proactive and positive legislature than we've had in the, have been in the past. In, in, in this particular case, I, I'm certainly agreeing with you on that. But on the other side of the break here until uh, uh, the time for coming up on a break here. There we go. Um, we'll talk about some of your priorities. And, you know, we talked about the bigger issues here in the state of North Dakota. What are your priorities? We'll talk about Fargo priorities. And then maybe we'll talk a little bit about the role of Democrats uh, in this next legislative session, being that there are less of you. Uh, sure. and, and we'll talk about kind of that issue here. Uh, one thing I'll say is Senator Tim Mathern was my senator when I when I bought my first home in the city of Fargo, uh, right by Lindenwood Park. That's kind of his area. Uh, District 11, I do believe, is what it yes. is. Um, so it's good to have you here in studio and talk to you face-to-face. Uh, so thank you for being here. If you want to be part of the show, 293-9000. Uh, talk at WDAY.com. This is Tony Gehrig filling in for Rob Port on The Rob Report. WDAY. Tony Garrick, Fargo City Commissioner, filling in for Rob Port on the Rob Report. I'm sitting here reminiscing with Tim Mather about our, the old neighborhood. He's telling me how he's fixing up homes on, in District 11, right by Linwood Park there. And I was telling him that if it were up to me, we'd still be living there. But that's okay. Well, Rachel and I will talk about that later on the radio, I guess. Huh? It's a great neighborhood. It is a great neighborhood. Uh, but back to the issues at hand. Uh, your priorities for the legislative session, what are they and, and how do you think that you as a Democrat can get those accomplished? Well, I think uh, most bills that will be passed will be passed with Republican um, sponsors and uh, there'll be some Democrat bills. And my priority is to really work with anybody that's interested in, in moving the state forward. I serve on the Appropriations mm-hmm. Committee and that's the committee that really deals with all of the money issues and really anything of significant public policy consequence often has money associated with sure. it. I'm concerned that we address the needs of families. So any, any proposal that comes before us, we ought to ask, so what is the consequence of this on families? And uh, I think it's important that we remember that there's regular folks who work out there mm-hmm struggle uh, in terms of their, uh, their, the hours they have to work, the bills they have to pay, uh, the activities of their children or their grandchildren. And uh, so that's going to be a priority of mine to try to make sure that on every issue I say, well, what's the consequence to families on this deal? I like that because, you know, now shifting into the Fargo priorities, one of the things that has been talked about a lot by me and in the media and by others is incentives uh, that we give out as a state and as a, as, as a local community granted by the state. You know, you, go, you give sure. us that power to do that. And when you're talking about families, I've made the point, maybe ad nauseum, that, uh, you know, when we give these incentives away, we're actually affecting young families. We're affecting the elderly people in your district. There are a lot of elderly folks in that area because they, they're older homes uh, and smaller homes, which I really liked. Um, 
But every time we give an incentive, their taxes just went up. Their, their, their mortgage that they may have paid off, you know, years ago, their tax bill is going up. So they're still paying a mortgage on that. And it's going up every single time we grant that. Uh, so as a Fargo priority, one of the things that wasn't talked about when, when the, the legislators came to the city commission and talked to us was, was incentives. Uh, and so I'm kind of wondering what your thoughts are on these incentives. Do you think they've run their course? Am, am I wrong and they need to keep going because of economic development and these type of things? Or where do you kind of stand on that as, as a state legislator? You know, uh, we had some bills during the interim committee in the taxation committee that deal with some of the incentives, renaissance zones and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what the governor's proposals are going to be. You know, it's talking about Main Street, and I'm not sure what that means. And um, But I presume it has something to do with the incentives. Um, I think the incentives uh, have an important purpose and what we have to do is make sure we assess when they have met their purpose and then at what time do they change because there are new needs in society and what are their consequences? Is right. the incentive only for a person who has a million dollar income or does it also include somebody who has $50,000 income? So we have to look at those things. But government policy in terms of incentives can be important programs. I think one of the most important things, for example, for Fargo is going to be our water issue. Sure. And so Fargo has the issue of either too much water mm-hmm. or not enough. And we haven't seen the not enough for a lot of years, but it's going to come around again. So I, th- I think a big important issue is making sure that we get funding uh, to complete our, our, our flood projects, mm-hmm. to start our project of getting Missouri River water here. That affects each and every family because that affects jobs, that affects their uh, property, uh, uh, flood insurance, and so those are important family issues. I agree with you. Um, if you want to join the show, two nine three nine thousand. This is Tony Gary filling in for Rob Port, speaking with my former senator at District Eleven, uh, uh, Tim Mathern. Uh, you know, I, I agree with what you said about the incentives there. With the limited time and scope, I think that we have lost track of that. And while I do believe there are times and places for incentives, whether that be a state incentive or a local incentive, uh, like like the Renaissance Zone was in, in the early 2000s, I saw the point of that. It was a blighted area. But today, we on the books today, we still have the law saying that you can use these in blighted areas where downtown Fargo certainly is no longer uh, a blighted area. That is a very high demand uh, real estate. It's probably the most expensive real estate in the state of North Dakota that we're still subsidizing. So I agree with you that there should be limited in time and scope, and we need to, we need to readdress and adjust as required uh, when we see these incentives have met their goals. Then you talked about the water. I think here in the city of Fargo, the commission 100% agrees with you. It's, import, it's as important to keep water uh, off our streets as it is to keep it in our pipes. You know sure. what I mean? Um, yes. So I think that uh, we have not seen a dramatic drought in, in the last 40, 50 years. But if that does happen, you know, look, guys, we're selling water to West Fargo now. We're, we're selling water to other, other small towns. Um, and if, if we don't have enough of that to go around, we're all going to feel the pinch of a drought here in the city of Fargo. And that is, that's as damning as it is a, a flood. Sure. Yes. And so, uh, you know, we've been looking at this for a number of years. I think we can finance this. I think there's been a lot of talk that their, their budget is in such terrible shape. But I really don't think it's in such terrible shape that we can't make some of those investments. Uh, we need to make some investments now that have a long-term positive consequence and water, uh, whether to bring in more or to, 
to deal with flooding is important. Absolutely. And, and that there is a local share component to that as well. So it's not as though we're, we as the city of Fargo are asking the state to pay for our water projects. This actually is going to be a partnership between the state and the locals. And it's going to affect that pipeline coming from Missouri over to Fargo isn't just coming to Fargo, right? It's coming to numerous from Grand Forks, Wapaton, and every small city in between there. Uh, it's going to come to a lot of those places. So it is important, I think. And that's something I, I again, agree with you on. I would agree with you, too, in terms of statewide responsibilities. Uh, I remember that my first years in the legislature in the 80s, we were putting all kinds of money out to rural North Dakota to start water projects, mm-hmm. rural water systems. And uh, basically the high sales tax revenue that came out of Fargo paid for a lot of that. And so I I think it's important that Fargo get some help too from the state. And uh, that's that's match money to make sure everybody's got a little part of the project. Tim, we got about a minute and a half here. So Democrats, what are your guys' role this time around? We know you guys lost seats. And by no means, you know, am I trying to say that you don't matter because obviously you do. There's a lot of Democrats that represent Fargo residents. Uh, What is your role going to be? Are you going to have to try to obstruct some of this stuff or are you going to have to, like you said, try to work where you can in in Bismarck? Well, I think we have to uh, stand up to clarify what's going on in Bismarck. I think we have to be the voice of transparency. You know, it's, it's real easy when you've got every branch of government under control of one party. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's real easy for things to go wrong and people not really know it. The executive branch, judicial branch, and the uh, legislative branch are all controlled by one party. And a uh, few people can just get together and, and have a little discussion and make some policy, not even have a public discussion. So I think that's important for, for the Democrat Party to make sure that there is transparency. Uh, Democrats love North Dakota just like Republicans. So Democrats are going to be working on positive initiatives uh, that are good for families, that are good for the state. Uh, and then the Democrats have to build for the future. So there'll be time spent on, you know, what is it about our party? What is it about our policies? What is it about our future that we need to look at seriously uh, in order to be a strong force in competition in our state? Introspection is important, certainly. Yep. And I've been on the losing sides of uh, campaigns before, and I did the same thing. So uh, Tim Mathern, uh, Senator from North Dakota, thank you very much for being here. A lot of what you said, I think people can nod their head to. Uh, and uh, those are, a lot of the priorities that you point out are, are priorities that I think Fargo residents agree with. So thank you for being here, and I wish you good luck this legislative session out there in Bismarck. Thank you, and I hope that we do a lot of things in behavioral health care and uh, save some money by closing the treasurer's office and uh, <laughs> and uh, do some other things with other state agencies to save resources. Thanks Absolutely. for having me. Very good, sir. Yep, This I is know. Tony Gehrig uh, filling in for Rob Port on 970 WDAY. I don't have any control over the national ads. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tony Garrick filling in for Rob Port on the Rob Report 970 WDAY. Just wrapped up our conversation with Senator Tim Mathern. And I think that people, a lot of people can agree, uh, whether you're a Democrat or Republican on some of those issues, behavioral health is a big deal and it does touch a lot of families. 
uh, to include mine. And, I, and I'm guessing yours as well if they're listening. So anyway, we're going to shift gears now and talk about something that I, I can't get enough of, quite frankly. And every time I go on the radio, Terry Ludlam has to be sick of me emailing him and saying, you're coming on with me. Because quite frankly, folks, he can't say no to me because I'm the commissioner and he's the worker. No, I'm just kidding, Terry. <laughs> Terry, thanks for being on again. You're very welcome. Yeah, I just joke with you, buddy. Um, I'm excited about this. I know you are too. Uh, and I talked with, uh, with Mike Redlinger a little bit about, about this program, but there are some questions coming up and I just want to have, uh, I just want to start with some of the questions. We're, we're going to this no sort deal. We're doing new bins and we'll talk about how we're going to get those out. What are we doing with the old bins? We've actually hooked up with a company that uh, we're going to be able to collect those and ship them back and they're going to grind them up and uh, recycle them also. Um, but I think what we'll probably do is roll it out first that if there are folks that maybe want to opt out of our program and want to continue to use the recycling drop sites around town, that we'll let people just keep those blue bins if they'd like, and they could utilize it for that, that, so, that part of the program. I think that's great. Uh, so one other thing I want to look into, and uh, setting policy on the radio here, uh, if we just col- are we collecting them and holding them for any, any kind of time frame at all? Uh, the blue bins? Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think there's a time frame on it. Okay. So, you know, if you, uh, I think there's people out there, they just want the blue bins, you know, they want them to use them for their gardens or, or whatever else. And heck, if we have to pay to recycle them, right? So if we didn't like give them away, isn't, isn't that a win for us? You're exactly right. Yep. Good, good yep. deal. Set- so we've got no problem if anybody wants to just keep them for their own use also. Very good. Setting policy on the radio, Terry. Is, of course, that's the best way to do things. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so, okay. So now let's, let's back out a little bit and talk about uh, this no store recycling deal. How is it different than what we're currently doing? Well, um, first of all, it's the same recycling components, meaning, you know, glass and plastic and newspaper and magazine stuff. It's just that now you don't have to separate them into separate bins. You can go ahead and just throw all of it in one container. Fantastic. And so uh, people are going to have this bin at their home like they do now, and they're basically going to roll it out with their garbage? Exactly. And, and, and your schedule for pickup of your recyclables will be exactly the same as your schedule that it has been over the last few years for your, for your recyclables. And so it'll be every other week, and it'll be on your same Schedule A or Schedule B that you've always been on. Right on. Okay, uh, talking with Terry Ludlam, uh, the, the Director of Solid Waste here in the City of Fargo. Uh, Tony Garrick filling in for Rob Porter. If you want to be part of the show, 293-9000. Talk at WDAY.com is the email address. So, Terry, let's, let's talk dollars and cents. There's some folks out there that say, hey, I don't want my taxes to go up. What's this going to cost me? Well, um, what, what we've kind of, we, we looked at it and we studied it for about a year and a half or two years. And what we were trying to do is, you know, find out the options that really were the most economical how could, we, how, how could we find someone to process these co-mingled recyclables and do it the most efficiently? So we think that we're going to be able to roll this program out, and the commission approved it in December to roll this program out uh, for $3 per month per resident. Now, the thing that's significant about the $3 is that um, right now folks either pay $14 for a large garbage container $9 for a medium garbage tank container, or $6 for a small one. And the vast majority of folks in the city of Fargo have that medium one, or they're paying $9 per month. We think if they participate in this single-stream recycling program, they'll probably be able to drop down one size in their garbage container. So realistically, they'll have to pay $3 more for recycling, but their garbage should drop then from $9 to $6 because they can get by on the next smaller size container. 
So a net neutral was, was, was our, our uh, goal there. Net neutral, and, you bet. And I think it's achievable. I mean, I, just looking at my Christmas garbage, like, like most people are, uh, you got a ton of, of uh, boxes, right? Uh, most people are just throwing those away, whether it could be recycled. Um, and again, if you have people over and you have beer bottles or wine bottles or whatever else, you have more than that than usual. And if people are throwing those in the garbage, uh, you know, because they don't want to sort it, then that obviously adds to that. And it also adds to our, our, what we have at the, at the, the trash heap as well. Uh, so I think you're right. I think if people, uh, if it's easy to do, people will throw it in the blue bin and not the black bin. Uh, and that's an easy change. And people will easily be able to go down to that uh, $6 bin. So. And, and we know that there's going to be, you know, a lot of habits that we're going to probably be asking that maybe aren't changed, but just we're going to want recycling habits enhanced. And that's why we're going to come out with a pretty strong educational program after the first of the year. And as we get closer to this program, um, you know, we're going to want to do some mailings to folks and talk more about recycling. We're going to do some online uh, training for recycling. And then as we close in in the program, we want to have some workshops on both the north side of Fargo and south side just to send our folks out and talk to people about what is recyclable and what isn't. Just kind of hoping that the, the amount per resident starts to go up a little bit. I, I agree. Yep. I think that's a great plan and I think it's necessary. Uh, and I think people are wanting this to happen today. So Terry, when is this going to happen? Um, the program is going to start, we're shooting for on uh, June 1st of 2017. There, there's two major components that kind of take that six month time frame. And number one, that's the ordering of the trucks. We had to purchase a couple more automated trucks uh, and so that's about a six-month lead time. And then just uh, due tomorrow then will be all the bids on the carts that we'll have to purchase. And so we'll be purchasing 25,000 carts, then we'll distribute to uh, all the residents. And that'll be about a, a four- or five-month lead time for us to get those here and then we'll start delivering those carts in May and June of 2017. Very cool. Very exciting. Uh, Terry, we have an email question from sure. Dave. He says, where will you sort recyclables, and also will, you, uh, will styrofoam be recycled? Uh, in answer, uh, first of all, to the styrofoam, no, I don't think that's a recyclable product yet. Um, what we've done is we went out there with a request for proposals, and we, we threw it out for everyone and said, listen, we as the city of Fargo want to collect single stream or co-mingled recyclables, and we want to bring and deliver them to you. And so we wanted that company then to they probably have to transport them and send them somewhere. Um, and in this case, Minn Kota Recycling was awarded the contract, and they'll actually be shipping those down to uh, Shakopee, Minnesota, for sorting and for marketing then afterwards. Very good. Well, thanks for all the info, uh, Terry. You guys are doing a fantastic job out there in solid waste, and you, you don't get told that enough. And, and you're so, it, you don't get told that enough because people, it's transparent to them, right? So you guys are doing such a good job that no one is calling, and that's a big deal to me. Uh, so thank you for what you do, and I think this is going to be a big hit, and you guys did a ton of work on it. So congratulations on that, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Yeah, thank you for all your help, uh, and, and thanks for having me on. You bet. Terry Ludlam out there at Solid Waste. Uh, Doing the job that a lot of people don't want to do, quite frankly, and doing it well and doing it in an innovative way. I got to tell you, folks, uh, I've been to a few places, been to a few conferences, and we do it better here in the city of Fargo. And it's not just because of the commission. I tell you that. It's because of the employees that do such a great job for us and that have some pretty innovative ideas. So next on the program is going to be a very lovely lady. My wife, Rachel, uh, is going to be in studio. And we're going to be talking about Power of 100, which is a women's group here in the city of Fargo. They're going to explain to you how it all works, what the impact is, and more. This is the Rob Report. Tony Garrick filling in on 970 WDAY. Think about times to come.
970 WDAY. Tony Garrick filling in for Rob Port. 20% of your Fargo City Commission. Sitting right here in this seat. Going part of the show. 293-9000-888-970-9329. Talk at WDAY.com. Last segment of the day. Uh, I got the uh, opportunity and the privilege to talk to a couple pretty ladies here. I didn't know they were going to be two. Uh, but my wife, Rachel, is here. And Christy is here as well to talk about the power of 100. How are you guys doing today? Good. Thank you for having us. Great. Very good. Um, so Power 100 is a group of women who get together and give to charitable organizations. How exactly, Rachel, does it work? Well, um, so we meet four times a year. We meet quarterly. And the members all come together and they nominate a charity or a nonprofit organization that they want to be selected. And we randomly choose three of those. We put them in a roller and we choose three charities or nonprofits. And then um, the selected charities, people get to come up and give a little presentation about them, answer some questions. And then after all three of them have talked about their organization, then we take a vote and... Popular selection. Yep. Very good. So, Christy, um, we were talking off air a little bit, and how many people, or whatever what do you call it, giving units, <laughs> giving <laughs> how, how many people show up to these events? So each, so the donation is made up of either individuals or teams, mm-hmm. and each donation gets a vote of $100. So each $100 gets a vote. There you go. So that could be an individual or it could be four people or mm-hmm. if you want to take a collection in your office and sure. each throw in 10 bucks and have one representative come to the meeting, um, each $100 gets a vote. So right now we are sitting at over 200 giving units. Very cool. So dollars and cents wise, I don't know if people know the math on a giving unit, uh, but dollars and cents wise, how much did you give at your last meeting, for example? Just over $15,000 to the Red River Children's Advocacy Center. Very um, cool. And in total, uh, we've raised over $82,000. Very impactful to the community on that one. Um, so uh, let's see. As far as how it works, I guess, um, you have you, the reason for the Power 100 is gets $100. Uh, is there a goal to how many people you want to have? Or is it kind of unlimited as far as how many people can, can how many giving units can be part of this? Unlimited. We would like to break the uh, the glass ceiling. The glass if you will. ceiling <laughs> in January. Yeah, all in right. our next meeting. And it is all all women, correct? It yes. is women. Yeah. So, so it's not only a charity, but it's also uh, in, uh, you know uh, women in the community getting together and networking and so forth, things like right, that. Right. Right. I would say that a big component of this group is the networking. Um, Each of the meetings, we have doors open an hour early and you can have some wine or and chit chat with girls, meet new women um, and little networking games. um, And those are all optional, of course, but uh, we encourage our members and guests as well to come to the event um, and join us for that networking piece and maybe meet a few new friends and, uh, Set up a coffee date. Very cool. Well, we also have a woman on the phone. Uh, Bridget would like to ask a question of, of you ladies about the Power of 100. Go ahead, Bridget. 
Hi, guys. Hi, Christy. Hi, Rachel. Hey, Tony. Um, I don't have a question so much as I have a glowing recommendation for Power of 100. Uh, Rachel introduced me to the group about a year ago, and I just think it's an incredibly rewarding uh, group to be in, uh, not only for the women involved, but the charities involved. Uh, I myself just started working with HERO, which is a healthcare equipment recycling organization here in Fargo, and for nonprofits and charitable groups here in town, it's a wonderful way to connect with women who are looking to make an impact in their community. And I got to say, Power of 100 is making a really big one. So I just wanted to say thank you to everybody involved with Power of 100. These women have become my friends, and I've just learned about so many different charitable organizations here in town. So it's a great way to help out the community, great way to network. So bravo to all of you, and keep up the good work. Thanks, Bridget. Thank you, Bridget. That is a glowing review. Um, so when you guys, you, you give the money to this or, or an organization, Organization X, do you end up finding out what happens to that money? Do they report back to we you guys? We sure do. So at each meeting, we not only have the networking piece, but then uh, we invite the previous recipient to come and give a little speech about how they use the money, which was the clinch for me because I always wanted to know Absolute. what the money went to. Absolutely. Well, it's a networking opportunity. It's a charitable organization uh, or a charitable uh, thing you guys can do. Uh, it's a women's group. Uh, I think those are all really cool things. And thank you, ladies, for coming in and telling us more about it. How do we get a hold of you guys to join if we want to? We have a Facebook page. Mm -hmm. We have a website. We're on all the social media handles. So if you search for Power of 100, Red River Valley, uh, you will find us. Um, and we better mention our meeting is on January 18th at 530 at the Dakota Medical Foundation. Uh, we're going to set up a soup kitchen. So there'll be some soup for you to come and eat and uh networking very good please come join us if people want to get involved do it soon because it's coming up here well thank you very much ladies and it sounds like a great event and a great way to spend an, an evening so uh please continue and let us know if you guys want to come back and talk to us again thank you thank Alrighty. you this is tony garrig filling in for rob port on the rob report 970 wday